getting mic'd here. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Genesis Gathering, and welcome for you that are joining us by live stream. Say, in a little while, we are going to be praying for those of you that have let us know that you have a prayer request, and for prayer requests that have come in during the week. And the number to text us your prayer request at is 720-878-3323. Again, 720-878-3323 if you have a prayer request. Do join us this morning. It's good to have Matt and Lisa back with us, and they're going to come, and they're going to lead us in some worship now. We're excited about that, and we will be back with you after a couple of songs to uh, have our first question of the morning. Good morning, everybody. <sighs> Happy sunny Sunday. Um, if you're joining us on live stream, uh, join us in worship. If those of you who are here would stand up, uh, we're going to sing some worship. At your name, the mountains shake and crumble. At your name, the oceans roar and tumble. At your name, angels will bow, the earth will rejoice, your people cry out. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. your name the morning breaks in glory at your name creation sings their story at your name angels will bow the earth will rejoice your people cry out. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. There is no one like our God. We will praise you praise you there's no one like our god we will sing we will sing there is no one like our god we will praise you praise you there's no one like our god we will sing we will sing there is no one like our god we will praise you praise you jesus you are god we will sing Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh, Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, 
Thank you for all the things that you are doing in our lives, the things you are doing in this world, even when it seems bleak or dark. We thank you that you are moving and that you are powerful. We love you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, my partner for life is joining me up here for our question time. Yeah. That's the way we do it. Yeah. Again, good morning. If you're just now joining us by live stream, we've been here for the past 10 minutes. Where were you? I'm kidding, okay? We have a question this morning. We begin every service with a question, and we ask you to engage. The way that you engage is by texting or chatting. So you can put your chat in the Facebook column, uh, chat column, or you can text us at 720 8783323 and here's this morning's question what things do you feel may be preventing you from a deeper more intimate walk with god what things do you feel right this is about feelings what things do you feel what things do you know might be or that you would say possibly are or you know for sure are preventing you from a Deeper, more intimate, some say closer, walk with God. Like what you would want, like what you maybe think he expects of you, so on and so forth. Okay. What you going to say? Well, so you can text at 720, even if you're here in the sanctuary, 720-878-3323 or go on to Facebook or if you're here in the sanctuary, I'll bring you the microphone, and you can answer right here in the microphone if you have an answer you'd like to share with us. What things do you feel may be preventing you from a deeper, more intimate walk with God? Anyone? Yes, I have someone. If we could turn this microphone up that Nina's using, please. Thank you. A lack of time. A lack of time. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big one. A lack of time. And, you know, that's especially difficult, everybody. I think you'll agree. Because there's only 24 hours in a day, right? I mean, you're not like getting 
24 plus 15 so that you can spend that 15 in prayer or anything, right? So that's a difficult one. Yeah. Uh, this one goes along with that one. It's too many commitments and, um, yeah, not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> too many commitments, commitments and then... Well, not he enough agreed time. with his wife. <laughs> I don't have enough time. Yeah, how many of us struggle with that very thing? Well, yeah, and then carving out the time is. There's so many things calling our name. Yeah, yeah. right. Someone else in here, or I haven't seen anything. Oh, 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 here's a big one. Uh, Christina says, trust. Trust. Hmm. As in, perhaps you don't know if you trust that God is hearing you or, or that he's there for you. If you feel like clarifying, Christina, you can. If not, that's okay. I see uh, from Michael, feeling of inadequacy. So a deeper walk, feeling inadequate. So I guess that's like feeling inadequate around God, like you, like you can't, you don't know what to do, you don't know how to do it, or how to be close to Him. What about a feeling that He doesn't accept you as you are? Yeah. Or that He's expecting yes. more, and so I'm not yes. meeting up because I haven't made the time, found the time to pray, haven't made the time, found the time to read my Bible, so on and so forth. And if we could, on the camera angle, please just give us a little more room. Um, between us and, and the slide, and I'll make it easy. You do not need to cut away to the audience. Stay up here. So Michael's saying, yes, those things are All those of are those correct. things. Yeah, yeah. And I would think to, like, make the time. I would add to that. So, okay, I, I was there for five minutes. I should have been there an hour. And if mm. I don't have an hour, mm. then, you know, this isn't enough, and mm. why bother? And I think our series, a new series that I begin today, is really going to help address some of those things. It's called Rethink. And we're going to talk about... Some of that. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of that. So Jeff says, too many distractions. That's similar to not enough time. Too many distractions. I mean, like if... I don't know about all of you. If, you know, if this is at home, well, everything around my home calls my name. You know, whether it's the dishes or, and if you have children at home, the children are definitely calling your name. I, I heard that the other day. I was washing the, my hands the in the sink. The dogs are calling your name. And, and, and one of those dishes said, Nina, <laughs> Nina. <laughs> and at first I didn't know where the sound was coming from. And it was a dish. <laughs> and it wanted me to clean it while you were at the sink. <laughs> Actually, Sophie and Theo call our names. Mom, dad, mom, now, dad. Now, now they're people in, a, in an animal body. <laughs> yes. So that actually is true. Yeah, she was bouncing on me today while I was doing something in the kitchen. I was going, what do you want? You had breakfast. They call your name. Okay, moving along. So Barb says, I know God fully loves me. I have time, but I seem to like to take time for rest. I need committed time from me. Mm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of pressure. I'm, yeah. And <laughs> that sounds like too much pressure. And I'm seeing a th common thread and theme here this morning in people's answers too, which I, uh, I'll do my best to, to weave into the things that I want to start with in our new series. So I, I think there's a, a lot of pressure, but somehow there's not supposed to be that pressure. 
it's not supposed to be that way. I there should think. not be pressure no. at all no. about no. in our relationship to Jesus. No. You know, I kind of have come out from underneath the pressure of it all. So, you know, if I'm driving in my car and you were in the car next to me and we were talking, that'd be perfectly acceptable. That's a really wonderful example, So, actually. yeah, so I can talk to Jesus in the car, I, just like I would talk to you if you and, were there. And I wouldn't break open a notebook and say, okay, Nina, I need to go over the things that you've told me <laughs> that are really important. Let me rehearse that. And then I wouldn't get down on my knees in the floorboard and say, <laughs> Let's Nina, hope not, while you're Nina driving. I really, I'm trying to be close to you. I hope you hear me. Right. I just, right? That's a great I mean, example. We would just. Yeah. And, and sometimes I don't say anything for miles. Yes, that's also true. And so that's possible with Jesus. <laughs> okay, so Jean says, unable to stay focused very long. Yes, I have that issue, focusing. Okay, someone else here. Bob says. Great oh, input. Yeah, this is all very, and, it, it, and I, I identify with all of them at some point or time. Okay, uh, lack of experience on how to walk with God. Yeah, like if you've mm. never done this before, so what am I supposed to be doing here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's see here. Okay, those are good. Let me go back to Facebook, see if anybody came in. I don't have any more yet on Facebook unless it just hasn't come through. Oh, there's one, Lewis. Letting the world take priority over what I or we do. And then, yeah, so I should let that rest for a second, Let, letting the world take priority over what I or we do. Uh, that's Christina? No, that's Lewis. Lewis. And, and so what my, my response to that would be define world. Is, is it work? Work. We kind of got to go to work. <laughs> Family kind of so, got to, you know. Uh, this really isn't part of this morning's lesson, but I'm going to just drop a seed here, since we are in this series, I'm going to be talking about rethinking our relationship with God. Hmm. We here in America, and especially Western Christianity as a whole, are given to a dualistic view of God. So when I'm here at church, God is here, present, strong, talking to me. When I'm at work, not so much. If I'm on my knees and I'm, quote, praying, I'm able to hear God. When I'm driving down the car, busy in traffic, not really. So I have to go get in a place to hear God. I have to go get God. I have to be in a certain building. I have to be in a certain stance. I have to, and it's called dualism. And it's an unfortunate view because actually the scripture teaches us that we are in Christ and Christ is in us and there is no difference when I'm at work or on the phone or busy in traffic or whatever. No difference in his power, no difference in his voice, no difference in his now you say, yeah, but when I'm on my knees and I'm praying and I got my Bible open, I can hear God better. Yes, but that's not something that God does in response to your performance. That's you clearing out your head. Oh, I'm so excited about this series. 
I'm also convinced, in the last year and a half, I've become quite convinced, I'm going to throw out a scripture reference again, Uh oh. Yeah, Acts 17, 28, that we really do live and move and have our being in him. Well, that's 100% of the time. You know, he's, as it's been said, he's closer than the breath we breathe. He is the breath we breathe. Yeah. So I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to perform. He's right there. Yeah. Okay, another comment. And uh, this kind of goes with what I just said. Tanya says, I feel it has become a constant, pleasant conversation with a good friend. She says, almost losing my youngest. Her, her little girl almost died a few years ago. I think actually did die and was brought back. Uh, almost losing my youngest really caused a shift in how I think about that relationship. A word from God is like the deep inner knowing, like an intuition. So she's more focused on what is, not what isn't. I think, I think some of our comments are kind of like what, what isn't happening versus what is happening. Tanya, I, I'm just going to go ahead and call you out, girl, because I just have something very positive to say and think. You know, I've been your pastor for some years, and I remember when you first started coming to the church with your mother years and years ago, right? And then we kind of lost touch, and then you're back in our lives and attending Genesis regularly via the live stream. Your comments are just some of the most brilliant, insightful that I hear from anybody in any discussion in any setting, not just on Sunday morning. And I'll tell you, you've come into a walk and a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, which is has really dealt with this dualistic idea of God that I just mentioned and come into a real ascended view of God. It truly is repentance, and repentance in the positive sense of that word, not the negative, crying, shame, running to the altar, asking forgiveness for your sin. You've come into a new way of thinking where you've changed your mind about who God is. And I hope you're smiling real big because you make me smile. And, and I, I just want to say that to you. I don't know why specifically the Lord needs you to hear that, but I feel it's almost like a prophetic thing that God is calling you out and calling you up into just a, a level in your walk with him that's new, that's fresh. Don't be afraid of it. Go there. It's going to challenge many of the religious notions that you grew up with. Do not be afraid. Go there. And we want to hug your neck. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. I think, anybody else? Anybody else? I'm going to take a look. After I look around the room here, I'm going to take a look on my All right, see if there's one, one more, more because nope. I'm going to grab something. I, I'm, so I, you're in I, charge. I, I'm in charge. Nobody from the congregation? Nobody I, else Lo from the Well, they, they dutifully texted me. Okay. Yeah, most of well, the Well, that's folks. true. Yeah, yeah, like I requested. Except for Matt and Lisa. Who, who I also asked for verbal. Yes, yes, and you did that. And everybody's answers have actually been very good, by the way. Um, and they've all been true to who we are. That is, I mean, this is real life, you know, distractions are real life, time con consumption, that's real life. All of these things make us feel like we have fallen short. Thank you for your participation, everyone. Thank you, and sweetheart. And Tanya said thank you so much. 
Well, as I've already said, we're beginning a new series today that I've entitled Rethink. Our words and our thoughts partner with God's Spirit to bring us into the reality of God's presence and His provision. Would you read that with me, please? Our words and our thoughts, and I don't hear anybody reading, so does that mean the slide is not up? All right. Our words and our thoughts partner with God's Spirit to bring us into the reality of God's presence and provision. So this series of messages will empower you to remove the barriers to a deeper life of joy and peace in God's presence. Here's some of the topics that we're going to cover. True repentance, what is it? Today we're going to talk about that. Tasting the light, partnering with God, and scattering the seed. We're going to define a number of those terms today. I have stumbled across an illustration that has just flipped my world upside down. I love, love, love this little video snippet that I'm about to show you here. And uh, Jeff, it's in your things there at the bottom to do. And uh, it's well, I, I think it will be self-explanatory when, when we play it. But it's about a blind person and some new technology. All right? We ready? Down in the bottom of your screen, Jeff, there's a video. Thank you. When you're ready. This goes beyond science. A Wisconsin company developed a device that helps blind people see. And how it delivers information to the brain is amazing. Courtney Garris joins us to explain how BrainPort works. It's new at 10. Courtney. Carol and Charles, it's helping blind people see with their tongues. It turns out the brain doesn't care how it gets visual information. As one Madison man who's been blind since birth shows us, you don't really need your eyes to see. We're going to make a left-hand turn into the grass. Kevin Jones lost his sight as an infant after being born three months premature. These are the glasses with the camera in them. Now he's learning to see in a different way. It helps me understand things that were not possible before at all. Kevin's been using the BrainPort device for a year now and experiencing some pretty amazing things. The thing that was on a whole different level for me was watching a lunar eclipse. It just started getting smaller and smaller. It was so cool. And he saw all of that through his tongue. The brain is not hardwired, so you don't have to go, for instance, from the eye through the um, optic nerve to the brain. Bob Beckman is the CEO of WeCap, the Middleton, Wisconsin company that developed the BrainPort technology. The BrainPort is more like learning a new language than it is like learning to see. We had Kevin walk down the sidewalk to show us how it works. The device in his mouth is connected to the video camera on his glasses. Here's what the camera sees. That visual data is sent to Kevin's tongue, which then delivers it to his brain. Now look at the image on the right. That's what Kevin sees. It takes training, it takes time, and even Kevin is still learning to uh, use the device. BrainPort draws a picture on Kevin's tongue and he has to figure out what that is. 
And once you do, Brainport opens up a whole new world. In this video produced by WeCab, Kevin is throwing darts at a target, putting a golf ball. He's even able to stop a rolling ball. But the best part for Kevin, using this tool to get through daily life. You can see sidewalks, you can see crosswalk lines, which is great for really busy or wide streets. And what's been fun for Kevin, building a visual understanding of the world. He's figured out how to pick up a soccer ball. I used to miss all the time when I try to just see the ball and then aim for it. So he started using his hand as a marker. I was imposing my hand over the top of the ball. Were you able to see your hand then? Yes. The, the brain port? Yeah. And then when it lined up, then I knew I could reach for it. And then there are the things explained to him over the years that Kevin never really understood. Like fireworks, something he's been able to see for the first time. I can see that some are really bright, some are not as bright. Nothing is in color, but Kevin is still soaking up his new view of the world. So Kevin was part of the clinical trials for Brainport, which has been... Uh, can we just like say, wow. <laughs> and what a beautiful description of the spiritual principle that we're going to learn this morning about true repentance, placing God at the center of our minds through our mouth. Let's look at the scripture. Mark's gospel, chapter 4, we're going to begin reading in verse 21. This is taken from the voice translation. But those last seeds, those sown into good soil, those people hear the word, accept it, meditate on it, act on it, and bear fruit. A crop, 30, 60, 100 times larger than the farmer dropped into the earth. When you bring a lamp, I want you to see or, and watch how often the, the word or reference to light is mentioned, and then words and hearing are mentioned now. When you bring the lamp into the house, do you put it under a box or stuff it under your bed? Or don't you set it up on top of a table or chest? Those things that are hidden, everybody say hidden, are meant to be revealed. And what is concealed is meant to be brought out where its light can shine. All who have ears to hear, let them listen. So consider carefully the things that you are hearing. If you put it to use, you'll be given more to wrestle with, much, much more. You know, some people feel the rain, others just get wet. I want to move you in your relationship with God from just getting wet and only when you're praying or reading the scriptures or at the church building to walking with him in a joyful presence all day long where you can feel the rain. All of chapter 4 of Mark's gospel is about what you hear or the principle of sowing, farming, and what you think or the soil that the seed gets sown into, in other words, your heart. And oh, by the way, you are the world's best farmer. You are your own spiritual farming. All day long, you are farming the soil of your heart with your words. 
he mentions light. And as in our video, light is transmitted to the tongue. So the brain does not care which portal it's coming through. It, light doesn't have to, or sensitivity doesn't have to come through, or the, the things that you see, which are all reflections of light. You see, you see a tree, that's actually an object where light is reflecting off of it. You see a chair, the reason you can see that chair and you have that image in your mind is because of the light that's reflecting off of it. Your walk with God is similar. You can obtain the joy. You can obtain the depth. You can obtain the oneness with Jesus Christ that you can imagine through the light that comes through your tongue, that you sense with your tongue. And that means your words. Light equals awareness. In verse 20 of our text, Light, it says, but those last seeds, those sown into good soil, those people hear the word, accept it, meditate on it, and it bears a crop based on what the farmer dropped into the earth. So the light of our words is described in verse 20 and in verse 21. It's the incarnation of Jesus, God becoming human and invading our lives and becoming one with humankind. Verse 22 reads this way. Those things that are hidden are meant to be revealed. What is concealed is meant actually to be brought out. What's he talking about? The, God is not keeping secrets. Say it. God is not keeping, say it again, God is not keeping secrets. Everything about God's nature, he wants us to know. He wants us to walk in a relationship with him and in a state of continual increasing awareness and uncovering of who he is. In verse 22, there's Always something more. Do you see that? There's always something more. Always something uh, ahead that keeps our spiritual journey exciting and vibrating. It may, it may seem to be secret or hidden from us right now, but that's sort of what drives us. That's what keeps me seeking and pursuing God is because there's some things out there about his wonderful character, personality, and nature that I don't yet understand but if I press in and I keep sowing those words and I keep enjoying and moving towards his light and his being, I will come in to a revelation, an uncovering of all that he is. You see, the word secret used in the New Testament doesn't mean knowledge withheld. In the Greek word, it means knowledge revealed, uncovered. And, and see, pressing into God in this way through what we say, the taste of light on our tongues causes us to press in and have knowledge revealed to us. Mystery creates a hunger. Mystery creates a pursuit of all that God is and the way that he loves us so deeply. Verse 23 says, anyone with ears to hear should listen. Anyone with ears to hear. Question, do you have ears to hear this morning? 
Do you have ears to hear? I didn't ask you if you read your Bible for an hour each day this past week. I didn't ask you if you sang in the choir on Sunday morning. I didn't ask you how much time you spent in prayer. Jesus didn't make those things the issue. He said that you and I are farming the soil of our heart with our words. And he says, listen, be careful what you are listening to all day long. Why? Because your words go down into the soil of your heart and they create light and they uncover who God is. Anyone with ears to hear, as Jesus said, anyone with ears to hear should listen, is not a suggestion that only some have this ability, but it's a choice that we make to hear, to press in. Then we have verse 24 and verse 25. Look at this. So consider carefully the things you are hearing. If you put it to use, you'll be given more to wrestle with, much more. Now, this word measure, so in the King James or in some of the other translations of the Bible, it uses the word measure. So with the measure you use, so it will be measured back to you. That word measure means the measure of judgment. So with the judgment you use, that's the judgment you'll receive back. He's not talking about being judgmental, he's talking about your view of things. How much light do you have? How much God are you seeing through your words? And he says, be careful now what you hear because those are words, your spiritual farming your heart, and those are words which go down on the inside of you and create images of who God is. This is actually the Greek term Metaneo, repentance. And the word metaneo does not mean shame, guilt, feeling sorry for your sin, running up to the altar and asking God to forgive you. That is not the definition of repentance. Metaneo means to take God and his way of thinking and put it at the center of your mind. Let me ask you, to our question this morning, what things do you feel are keeping you, possibly keeping you, from a deeper walk with God, a deeper, more joy-filled walk with God? Most of the things that were mentioned had to do with objects and time and, quote, worldly things out there, distractions and the like, and yet... You and I actually control the depth of the relationship with God we're going to have, not really based on any of those other things, but based on our words, based on our thoughts. What you measure with will be measured back to you. If you're critical, you will be critiqued. If you are harsh and unkind in your words, you will be attacked and dismissed in kind. We have only to look at the previous four years of the administration here in our country, the government, to see how that principle worked. There may have been some good policies in there, but they were completely overrun by the fact that we had someone at the helm whose words were constantly critical 
and harsh and unkind. And so that individual was attacked and dismissed, regardless of the validity of certain policies that were put into place, you see. Because people aren't going to respond to the law. They're going to respond to the spirit of things. And your words and your thoughts are the measure by which you will know God. If you're negative and down-looking, you will reap unhappiness and distance. So let me give you six areas of light and renewal that you can control through your words and through your thoughts. Now, in John, 1 John chapter 1, there's a statement made by John that goes like this. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, then you have fellowship with God. Our question was, what things do you feel might possibly be keeping you from deeper fellowship deeper walk with God. You control that by your words. You control that, and your words control your thoughts, and your thoughts control your images because your images cause you to taste of the light. So let's look at it together. 1 John chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse 5, and this is from the Mirror Translation. My conversation with you flows from the same source which illuminates this fellowship of union with the Father and the Son. This then is the essence of the message. This then is the essence of the message. God is radiant light and in him there exists not even a trace of obscurity or darkness at all. Pause. This is the dualism that we're speaking of. There is no light and dark in God. There is no, I'm close to God on this day because of this, and I'm far from God on this day because of this. That's dualism. Now, you might think that way. You might feel that way because of the images in your thoughts that are controlling your feelings. But that is not God's posture towards you. That is not the reality of who you are in Jesus Christ. God is radiant light, and in him there exists not even a trace of obscurity or darkness at all. He's not keeping secrets. He actually wants you to know him more deeply, and he uses that inside of us to draw us. And we release it through our words and our thoughts. Verse 6, this is the real deal, to live a life of pretense is such a waste of time. The truth has no competition. Truth inspires the poetry of friendship in total contrast to a fake performance-based relationship. Light is not threatened by darkness. Now watch this. Why say something with darkness as your reference? Why use your mouth to reference darkness? I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. I didn't pray enough today. I didn't read my Bible long enough. You know, that person, they did this to me. They do that to me. Whenever I'm around them, that person is so negative, I just don't know what to do with myself. I just want to curse. 
Well, now, I understand why you might feel that way around those people, but you understand that's not your light in Christ. Why say something with your tongue that brings you into darkness? Why make darkness your reference point? Verse 7, we are invited to explore the dimensions of the same light that engulfs God. Oh my goodness, stop for just a moment, please. Think about that. We are invited to explore. We are invited to explore the dimensions of the same light that engulfs God. Imagine that. And in God, there's no darkness. God is love. God is light. Oh, by the way, God's never had a bad day. God's never felt like cursing somebody out. God's never flipped anybody off while driving his car down the highway. Last time you were lining up your car, you know, and somebody was pulling out and you were coming from the other direction, but then a car was coming up the lane and that person was pulling out into your path so you couldn't pull in. And so the car gets out and they pull in. Doesn't that just burn you? Oh, I want to get out of my car and have a session with Jesus. And them, I want to lead them to Jesus by, of course, telling them that they're going to hell if they don't change their way and repent and start coming to the proper church and believing all the right things. Because, of course, that's what repentance means, right? No, it doesn't. Repent means to place God at the center of my thoughts. He's already here in all of his fullness. But I live in this dualistic world of being in Christ, but I still have a pagan mind. And so Paul said it this way, that we should not be friends with this world, but constantly be transformed by the renewal of our mind. In other words, I live every day in a constant state of repentance. Not sorrow, not sadness, not constantly asking God to forgive me. Asking him to forgive you won't make him forgive you more. <laughs> it's finished. He already has. What I need to do is what he says here in verse 7 of 1 John chapter 1. We are invited. We are invited I'm issuing an invitation to everybody watching me by the internet right now and all of you in the room. I am issuing to you a fresh invitation in your walk with God. You are invited to explore the dimensions of the same light that engulfs God. You say, man, that's a deal. I want that. I want that. All right, here's the secret. When we see the light in his light, fellowship ignites. In this light, we understand how the blood of Jesus Christ is the removal of every distortion, every distraction, every 
compromise, everything we raise as a, I can't get close to God, I don't feel close to God, I'm distant from God, God's left me, my prayers feel like they're hitting a glass ceiling, and, oh, by the way, the stain of sin. Completely removed, completely removed already, done. Now, how do I participate in this being engulfed in light by the words I sow with my mouth that cause me to place God at the center of my mind. I told you I was going to give you six things, six areas of light and renewal that we can grab a hold of this morning. Number one, the presence of God is right here, right now. You're not waiting. Always speak of the presence of God as the present tense. Never speak of God's presence as something you felt yesterday, last week, in that meeting a month ago, at the altar last year, while you were singing in the choir a couple Sundays ago. Wow, wasn't the presence of God strong? No stronger than it is right now, this moment, if we were to be engulfed in the same light he moves in. As he lives and breathes, he moves in light. And it doesn't change. Number two, the relationship with God is love and freedom. And it's already here. Anything that brings you into bondage, anything that brings you into a legalistic view of God, that you're not enough, he doesn't love you, You haven't done enough to please him. You need to do more to perform for him, to be acceptable to him. That does not produce freedom or love. It produces bondage. And so your relationship with God, it's already here, and it's based on love and freedom, not performance and legalism. Number three, the justice of God. What is it? It's an important subject. Everybody's talking about it today, right? Social justice. Well, God's justice goes far beyond, but it is what social justice needs. We're talking about unconditional forgiveness and love. You know, when most people say, we want justice, they normally mean that bad deeds should be punished and that they want vengeance. But Jesus says... That's simply not the case with God. God's justice is total. It's steadfast. It's steadfast love. It's total unconditional giving of his love. And I'm quoting Richard Rohr. Number four. Pentecost, not dogma. Tongues, (laughs) not legalism. You know what we need more of? Acts chapter 2, experience with the presence of God that takes over our tongue and supernaturally transforms it into being the spiritual farmer where you are farming your thoughts all day long and creating new images of who you are in Jesus Christ. You can't do that by speaking negative. Now that's the second message in our series. We'll get into that next week, God willing and with his help. We'll talk about how that you are the spiritual farmer, farmer farming the soil of your heart. But we need Pentecost. 
One brings life, the other death. One brings unity, the other separation. One is a spirit wind. One, uh, one is a spirit wind versus a, a religious box of rote behavior. We don't need rote behavior here at Genesis. You don't need a, an, ex, a, an experience with God that's based on rote. I have to pray this long. I have to read this many scriptures. I have to be at church and do this to be acceptable. We need a fresh spirit wind to blow through our lives, to purge our thinking, and then we need to replant the soil of our heart with our tongues. You taste the light with your tongue. And it changes how you think. Pentecost, not dogma. Number five, cooperation versus competition. Or community and family. That's what we need. This is the call to relate to others and the world in the same manner in which we relate to God. Giving rather than getting. A way of faith rather than knowledge. A way of relationship rather than anonymity. And a way of love rather than animosity you see if you're not in community with others loving giving serving you are missing out on a huge aspect of God's love it's called cooperation it's impossible to know God apart from community I'll say it again it's impossible to know God and walk in the depth of the revelation of who he is apart from community. You know, a number of wonderful things I've come to know about God and appreciate now, and I embrace and I'm engulfed in his light, I've come to know since meeting my son-in-law, Matt, and hanging around him. It's hard to believe, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> Fran, you've taught me how to love God better. So I'm at Bingo Tuesday night, okay? I'm going to tell on you. So I'm at Bingo Tuesday night, and uh, um, we host it. Our church hosts a, a bingo session. We call it our bingo congregation. We actually do more practical ministry in people's lives there on Tuesday nights than we do on Sunday mornings. It's amazing. I prayed for no less than three people, outright, spirit-led, powerful, believing prayers on Tuesday night for people. I mean grabbing their hands and praying right during bingo. It is amazing. So I'm walking down the aisle. I'm headed to the restroom. Fran is approaching me, and she's got her hands full from the concession stand. She stops, and she says, I need to hug you. I just need to hug you. But my hands are full. And I said, all right, you go put your things down. And I'll go to the restroom, and I'll come back, and we'll hug. I do. She does. I come out. She's waiting for me. <laughs> I approach her. We hug. And then she tells me, you know that sermon last week? That was for me. As I watched and I listened, I was crying. And it's as though God singled me out and had you speaking to me directly. How does that happen? 
because we live in community. We live in light, which is communing with the Father. We don't know God apart from community. I learned better how to hug, how to appreciate tears, because Fran hugged me. I learned greater sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and, and, and then heard an appreciation for what it is God's called me to do because Fran came up to me and said, I need to hug you. Your, your message blessed me. Do you know that's going on all the time in our lives, all week long, every week. God is doing those things in our lives when we are related to community and we get rid of competition. Number six, the global outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Boy, this has come full circle. I mean really. There is a great unveiling of incarnation and inclusion, and it has hit the whole earth. I mean people groups and churches and ministers all over the world are talking the same language. How that God is an inclusive God. How that God in his incarnation came to all humanity and redeemed all humanity. And that regardless of your walk, regardless of who you are, race, creed, color, orientation, whatever, God loves you, God accepts you, God's brought you in to himself. This great message that God is not angry that God is not a judging God, that he's not a monster God, that the gospel does not require hell in order for you to be scared into heaven. And I, I mean, this isn't just a, a, a select small group of deceived heretical people. We're talking about a movement called the Spirit of God, the Spirit Wind of God blowing across the world, and I am reading more and more and more where this great message of inclusion and incarnation is being spoken and preached around the world, and people are responding, and people who previously were not Christ followers are responding because they're hearing a new message, not of that you've got to change, you've got to become somebody different, you've got to leave and quit doing all of the things that you were doing, you need to repent of your sin and become something that you are not and start attending our group because our team has the best way of saying it and we believe it the most righteous and pure way and so you need to come here. Boy, those days are over. If that's been your method of evangelism, <laughs> there's just, there's no spirit wind on that thing. But boy, when I come along somebody, and I'll just use our bingo congregation as, as an example. I come along somebody. I, I, I was walking somebody by somebody on Tuesday night, and I could tell. I, just, I know them well enough that I could tell that they were troubled. And so just as I was passing, I just put my, my arms around them, and I gave them a big hug from behind. I just said, this darkness will pass. And they just broke and started crying. <laughs> I come to find out later after the fact that they had taken a call during bingo that their grandpa had died. 
Now see, if I thought that you got to change your ways, you've got to repent, you've got to become just so, you have to pray long enough, read enough scriptures, come to our church in order to get right and approach God and receive God's love or even receive a prayer for healing, I wouldn't be doing any of that. We wouldn't even have a bingo congregation because bingo to me used to be anathema. Play bingo? What? I am a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, demon-casting-outing, Bible-toting, believer, sanctified saint, bingo, that worldly carnal bunch. And how dare you try to raise funds through something as carnal as bingo. What you need is more faith, Jeff Corson. You need to believe God will send that supernaturally. Since I am talking about words that are sweet and kind, I'm just not even going to respond to the ignorance of that because I don't want to farm things that I've long ago laid to rest. But I am going to tell you there's a better way. And we'll close with this. Brian McLaren said, and I quote, Our journey in the story of creation, the adventure of Jesus, it's all come from God in the beginning, and now it's all coming back to God in the end. And we shall be a beautiful bride, returning it all to him as he consumes the earth with his glory. Now, you must, you absolutely must stay tuned. We're going to have a song now. And after this song, it's not very long. I think it's like three minutes. Nina's going to come and share some announcements and any prayer requests. And then I have a version of the Lord's Prayer, right? The Lord's Prayer, our Father Prayer, that you have never heard before. And you've never prayed it this way. You've got to stay tuned to pray the Lord's Prayer with us at the close of our service. Jeff. Days may be darkest, but your light is greater. You light our
Because of breathing, there's hope in the breaking hope in the sorrow hope for this moment. My hope for the morrow, there's hope for the morning, there's hope for the evening, there's hope because you're living. There's hope because you're breathing. There's hope in the breaking. In a sorrow, hope for this moment, my hope for the morrow. Cause you keep hope alive, you keep hope alive from the beginning to end. Your word never fails, you keep hope alive because you are alive, Jesus. You are alive. Jesus, you keep hope alive. I think part of our prayer today is, is that each person be infused with a fresh hope for your seemingly hopeless situation. There's something that you're thinking, man, this has been going on too long. And, it, you know, the doctors, the diet, <laughs> the whatever, the financial problems, whatever it might be, the relationship that God is still the way maker, miracle worker in that situation. He's still, a fresh trust would be released into your hearts by him. You know, sometimes we're, we're all this, oh, i got to build my faith. Well, you know, sometimes God just infuses our heart with himself. He just infuses our heart with faith and hope and trust. I just pray that for each person listening today. That whatever area that you've just been frustrated with, there'd be a fresh hope and a fresh trust just rise up from within, from the God who is within you. Not all about your works, not all about you pressing in, not all about you having to have it together, but just because he loves you. Amen. Well, we're going to have a prayer time in a minute, but I just had to get that out <laughs> already. So, hey, if you do have prayer requests in just about one minute, we're going to pray for your specific requests. I've already gotten a couple, but feel free to text them to me at 720-878-3323. Everybody's going to have that number memorized pretty soon. We say it like five times a Sunday. So <laughs> anyway, feel free to text those. Um, in the meantime, I want to remind you that we are in a month of collecting to partner with the city of Thornton and with St. John's to fill a belly in a backpack. And we need uh, non-perishable food. We need backpacks and crayons and ruled paper and pencils and glue sticks and the kinds of things that fill a backpack for school. If you'll bring them right here to the St. John's 
uh, lobby area, there's a place you can leave your donations. And uh, by the end of the month, we'll get, turn those all over to the city of Thornton and help our community. So do remember that. Um, and then as far as tithes and offerings go, if you're here in the sanctuary, you can always put it in the basket that's on the table there. All of you online, you can, and here in the room, you can go to genesiscc.net and donate at our website, or you can go text to give right there on our handy little phones at 720-730-8510. I mean, don't we do almost, it's just getting more and more, this is our life, well, our life exists in Christ, but it's in here too. <laughs> Jesus, are you in there? Okay, anyway, uh, it's just amazing what we do. We're back, you know, we're in the, uh, 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 Dick, what, what, was the, what was the guy who had the, who had the watch on his arm? Yeah, Dick Tracy. We're in Dick Tracy age and Star Trek age where everything is just in this little bitty, what a miracle. All right, folks, let's see. I have some text here. <laughs> and, okay, so I want to give you a couple of praise reports uh, from some prayers that we have been praying. So Christina uh, had her surgery, and she's in the midst of recovery. They found some things that they didn't know were there, so I'm trusting that that means she's going to be feeling even better after she recovers here from the surgery itself. And she says, having people who care makes the recovery process easier. Amen to that. I'm so glad to hear that. And we do care, Christina. And then uh, I've heard from the Pagets that um, Gavin is doing much better. We prayed for him about his asthma last week. I had a severe attack of that that hospitalized him. And then Chris, we prayed for Chris Greenberg, who had an open heart surgery on Tuesday. And I heard this week that he's doing quite well and that prayer, they believe prayers made the difference. So thank you so much. So today we want to pray... Um, let me give you this list here. So Carol's grandmother, Carol couldn't be here this morning. She's in Florida. But her grandmother fell in the elderly care facility where she lives and broke some bones in her face. Yeah. So we want to pray for her, for Rosanna. That's her name. Uh, my sister's surgery is this week. We'll continue to pray for her. And for Jean, I know you were watching earlier. We want to pray for healing in your lungs. Uh, continued uh, recovery for Diane's surgery. Uh, Corey is still dealing with his motorcycle injury and hasn't been able to get back to work, kind of concerned of whether he might lose his new job. Uh, we'll continue to pray for Rosemary and Hannah. And then we have a prayer request uh, from Lisa for a favorable resolution to a work situation and peace for all involved, regardless of the outcome. Um, Amen. Let's, I believe that was it. Anybody that I miss anything that somebody sent me that's in the room? Okay, and I'm going to take one more look out. Okay. All right, that's, that's what I have right now. So uh, would you just uh, pray with me? And let's, let's trust God for these situations in the lives of the people we love here. Father God, you do love each and every one of these people, and I do pray also for them that hope would be infused into their hearts for their situations. We pray, Father, for your healing hand in your hand of recovery, 
your direction to doctors and nurses and all involved uh, in these uh, needs for healing and wholeness, Lord Jesus, and that healing and wholeness in your resurrection life would just invade each one of these lives. And for Corey, we pray for his job and that uh, his uh, financial income would be secured, Lord, one way or the other. And we thank you, Father, for your active involvement in every one of these situations. And you have plans for good and not for evil for each one of these people. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. I believe you have a prayer this morning. All right, everybody, let's stand. This prayer of Jesus is from the Anglican Church of New Zealand, which both honors and reflects the indigenous Marae culture. So let's, uh, let's pray this. Eternal Spirit, Earth Maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven. The hallowing of your name echoes through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in glory of the power that is love now and forever. Amen. God bless you all. Have a tremendous week. Um, we're available. Call us if you need us. You can contact us through our website. We have forms there that you can complete electronically and send those. Or give us a call. You have our number there, the prayer request number. You can reach us directly. It'd be great to see you here, have you join us in fellowship here in the meeting hall where we're meeting as well. So consider coming back or coming for your first time and enjoying what God's doing here in person as well. God bless you all. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday. Amen.